1: Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs, across the world or across town. And now, the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper.
0: Thank you for listening this weekend on Exploring Missions, and we have a very relevant issue that we want to share today. And uh, many times through Exploring Missions, we're talking about something that is taking place in weeks to come or Uh, the history of something. But this particular program, we're right on course because of Hurricane Harvey and the devastation that's in southern coastal Texas and the Houston area. And so we're talking about relief and the relief effort of Eight Days of Hope. And our guest today is Steve Tiber, director of Eight Days of Hope. Welcome, Steve
1: Hey, Brother Bert, how are you, sir?
0: Man, I'm doing good. It's always a joy to talk with you. You know that. Uh, (laughs) You're uh, so nice. I appreciate you and the ministry that you have. So what we're going to do, we know that uh, Eight Days of Hope is involved there in Houston. So we want to start off with that and then go back to the history of eight days of hope and then we'll end with more of what you're doing there in Houston. So we're gonna put uh what's going on with Hurricane Harvey relief as bookends to this whole program. What is taking place there in Houston, Texas right now and those areas well, can,
1: yeah. yeah, well well a lot. We you know we've been here this is day number seven. We got here right after the storm and as soon as we knew that we can move our equipment in, and literally every piece of equipment that God's entrusted Eight Days of Hope with is here. We're in the southeastern part of Houston. We found a mega church that was willing to allow us to stay, where we can feed the volunteers, house them, bring all of our equipment on the grounds. But that church itself was flooded. In the first three days, all we did was work alongside and led led the congregation volunteers to pump the water out to tear things out to gut it to pull up flooring and literally um i think four days later they had six services here so um now it didn't look like it normally looks of course but it was dry and uh we had dehumidifiers and fans running so um we've already started accepting volunteers this is day three for our volunteers we have volunteers who've signed up um uh, we're going to be here uh, right now we're planning the next two months we normally go somewhere with rapid response for 21 days but this is an epic storm and where we're at the flooding has receded from the road so we can move around things are getting somewhat back to normal um, but there's the southwestern side of houston and some other areas uh, there is still flooding in roads that you can't even get to somebody to bring them aid so that's been a been a challenge but um, we have i think almost 300 people on the street today uh, we expect 3,000 to come work with us. Uh, we're gutting people's homes. It's that simple. Water comes in; it fills up your house. When mm. it leaves, you've got to get everything wet out of your house before mold sets in. Right. You can't wait a week. You can't wait two weeks. And so, you know, we have bobcats and we have you know bucket trucks and we have. Um, we I'll tell you the story about dehumidifiers in a minute, but we have. Uh, commercial dehumidifiers and fans and all the tools that someone would need to gut a house you pull up the carpet tear out the cabinets it, it's a sad process because sometimes you walk into the homes and they look beautiful yes they're wet yes there's a smell but you're thinking you know just a week ago a family was enjoying mm. a birthday party yeah or um or watching a tv show or playing a game and today um, it's a mess. So mm. um, we got our work cut out, but man, we're excited to be the hands of feet to Jesus, and Amen. We're, we're right here in the middle of it, brother.
0: You know, that's when people listen. I, I've been at this a long time, and when everything is going smooth, we, we don't have ears to hear, but when difficulty comes, whatever that difficulty may be, uh, all of a sudden, we're, we're wanting some answers of why, how, where, and eight days of hope they provide not only the relief, but they provide some of the answers of that because of the individuals that come, don't they?
1: Yeah, it is amazing. You know, we, the, the, what I shared yesterday. I, I've done only one devotion over the five days. We try to let the leaders take turns, and my devotion was simple. You know, I'm worn out. I'm overwhelmed. I, I am. I'm in a minute. Um, but I realized just as Moses was overwhelmed and Abraham was overwhelmed about you know finding a way out with his son and. You know, I, I told the volunteers, we don't have to get this. God's got this. But yeah. be ready with this. Remember the number three. Somebody you're going to help this week is going to ask you the question, why did you come from Ohio? Why did you just take a week off and come from California? And then be ready with a three-minute testimony. You have three minutes. You don't have 10. You don't have 30. You don't have to give them 93 scriptures. They've seen your love in action because you've been serving them. But now you have three minutes to tell them how you met Jesus. And sure enough, night number one, we had a young lady from Ohio, a hairdresser. She's serving a widow. And the lady says, did you have to cancel your appointments? She said, yes, ma'am. And she said, well, that's going to cost you money, right? She goes, oh, it's no big deal. And she said, well, why do you do this? Why did you come serve me? You don't even know me. And then the clock start ticking. Three minutes later, she shared her story, Amen. and after some questions and answers and a little time of reflection, um, we have a new sister in Christ because Amen. this widow was loved on and served on by a single mom's hairdresser by Jesus to go love and serve people in need.
0: Yeah, it, it is an amazing fact when people, they want those answers. Uh, They don't know that they need them when things are going smoothly, but when things are difficult, uh, they have ears to hear. You remember Jesus would say, if they have ears to hear, let them hear. Uh, It's amazing what difficulty does for that. Now, what AFR has done, uh, this is, again, the weekend, Wednesday through Friday, the promotion was for $25.00. Or, or more, uh, give a gift. But you can still visit at AFR.net. Even if you haven't given uh, through AFR ministry, you can still do that. And, and those, that money goes directly to the Relief Eight Days of Hope and the partnership we have with them. And uh, so remember that. Again, uh, visit AFR.net, and you can follow the link uh, to the Hurricane uh, Harvey relief effort there through Eight Days of Hope. Uh, Steve, I want to ask this and then we want to get to the history because this kind of ties it in. How does, uh, the hurricane, uh, Harvey and the devastation compare with Katrina? We're so oh, familiar man. with Katrina. Ten, was sure. it 10 years ago?
1: 12 years. Uh, yeah. 12 years ago, 12 years uh, 2005, ago. Uh, late August, um, the coastline of, you know, Louisiana and Mississippi and Even a little bit, Alabama got turned upside down. So that was humbling. Yeah, when you compare it, it's 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 black and white. Katrina is the storm we compare storms to because in our generations, that's a storm we we know. I mean, we saw the effects. Well, follow the math here. So Hurricane Harvey hit an area of the country that is populated five times as much as the area affected by Hurricane Katrina. So you have five times as many people in need. Secondly, when the flooding and the surge of the water hit the coastline of Katrina, um, half of those homes had flood insurance. So the good news is half of those people had some relief, had some finances coming their way, where half did not. Well, here in Texas, only 20% of the people have Mm. flood insurance. So you have more people in need and less people with insurance. I hate to say it, but it is the perfect storm but a perfect opportunity for the body of Christ to respond.
0: Amen. Well, I, I do want to go back again. Our guest is Steve Tiber, director of Eight Days of Hope. And uh, I I had the privilege of knowing Steve these years and getting to meet him. And Steve, the history of Eight Days of Hope is connected with Katrina. Would you mind Sharing and on the weekend, we have listeners that sometimes we don't have during the weekdays, you know, because sure, of sure. just work schedule and everything like that. Would you give uh, a little summary of the history of Eight Days of Hope, of it, how it began, and what yeah, God did absolutely. in that?
1: So I'm, uh, I'm living in Mississippi and um, coaching Tim Wildsman boys in church league basketball, and so we had you know a relationship of some type, and uh, that figures it into the equation here in a minute, but my dad who lives in Buffalo, New York, calls me and says, hey Steve, your state just got slammed. Let's go help somebody out. Let's find one person, maybe fix a roof or clear off debris, but let's do something to help them. And, and I started to laugh and he said, what's so funny? He said, dad, I've got five sisters and a brother. You have seven kids. And if you rank them, from the handiest to the least handiest, I am number seven. <laughs> I just, I never liked to work with my hands. I just did not. And so, I mean, I, I like to paint and, and that is the one thing I, I can do decently. And and he laughed. He said, Steve, but you're the one that lives there. I'm like, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. All right. So that makes sense. So uh, he said, try to find a buddy or two. And I said, you do the same. Maybe we can take five, six, eight people. Well, we shared it at church. We shared it with some people that we knew. And next thing you know, we had 20 and then we had 40 and then it looked like we might have 50 people. So I was starting to freak out a little bit. I'm like, okay, we're telling them that we're going to find a place for them to sleep. And we're going to find a way to cook food. Who's going to cook the food? And where are we going to put them? Because I thought there was like five or ten of us going. <laughs> and uh, I was sharing with Tim Wallman I said, hey, Tim, I got an idea. Would you play a local spot in Tupelo? Maybe we could get 50 or 100. And so he said, well, meet me tomorrow. And so sure enough, I come in here the next day and there's like eight people in the room and I'm thinking to myself, Oh my gosh, what did I do? Um, I thought I was in trouble for something. It was, I was like, <laughs> really? And he said, Hey Steve, we really want to help. You know, we love, we love the America. We love the coastline. We want to give back to, and so um, we've got some ideas. And so literally in a span of 24 hours, we went from the thought of taking 50 people to having a, a an ad a spot played across the country. And all of a sudden, we took 700 people from 35 states. We went for eight days to Bay St. Louis, Waveland, Mississippi. We rebuilt 84 homes for free, did about a million dollars of work. And when we left, I saw boats and trees and little girls dolls, you know, hanging on debris, flying in the wind. And my three kids were in the back seat, and I just started to ball.
0: Mm.
1: I was emotionally tired. I was, I w- I was my heart was full but my heart was broken that we had to leave and yet I had to work and my kids had school. And and so we just, we prayed, it didn't take long to pray. We felt like God had already opened up a door. So we formed a a nonprofit. We were an all volunteer organization for 12 and a half years. Uh, We have gone across the country, Hurricane Irene, Isaac, Rita, Katrina, Matthew. Last year in South Carolina, we've done flooding work in Cedar Rapids, Nashville, Lafayette, Louisiana this past June. We've done tornado work in Alabama and Mississippi. We've done 18 rapid response trips now. We have a rapid response ministry that goes for 21 days because those other trips were rebuilding trips. And now on this trip, and excuse me, in the rapid response trips, kind of check this out. I'm from Buffalo, New York. And the first rapid response trip that Eight Days of Hope did, Buffalo, New York got eight feet of snow in three days, hmm. Thanksgiving, two and a half years ago. And so the first trip they ever did was snow removal. And so I, I loved watching my Southern friends navigate that. And and so a new arm of the ministry was born. And so now they've gone to Illinois and Iowa and New York and all over the country. And and this week we're, we're launching a third ministry, a feeding ministry. God has provided a, a 43 or 53 foot feeding trailer. It's all stainless steel equipment. It can make 2000 meals in a 90 minute segment. It's state of the art. It's got its own ovens and fryers and chicken rotisserie racks, a freezer. It's air conditioned. It's contained. And God gave that to us for free. I mean, literally yeah. for free. Yeah. And so we're going to be making thousands of meals. So um, I had a plan, <laughs> but very quickly realized that I have no control, brother, because Amen. I don't have this, but he does.
0: He does. I, when you were telling me that, I just thought of this this phrase, and I, it was not original. Out of difficulty comes blessing. Mm. And, and that's where it is, and that's what I want our listening audience to know, because a lot of them uh, are in difficult situations. It may not be uh, Harvey or Irma, which may be coming. Uh, it may not be that, but it's as big to them as that is to, to Texas, you know, but out of that difficulty, God is doing something deeper and even bigger and wider. I could not help but think of the scripture, Steve, in 2 Corinthians when Paul was on his missionary trip, and he was right into the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and he, he says this in verses 13 and 14, "'For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but by equality, mm. that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance also may supply your lack.'" that there be equality. I I could oh, I not like help that. but think of those that I, I I forgot what I saw it may have been what I heard here on One Use dot com or One Use Now here at AFR radio but the people of New Orleans so ready to to help the the city of Houston because what Houston had done for them when Katrina comes that it, it's just it's not if you're going to have difficulty, it's when, isn't
1: right. it? Right. You're so right. You know, what's kind of interesting too, is so many people moved from New Orleans after Katrina and a large group of them, the number one spot that they landed was Houston. I met somebody yesterday and they left New Orleans. They were renting a house back then and it got hit by Katrina. And so they moved their family here. And she just looked at me, said, you know, I finally earned enough money and hold up enough where I got to go buy my own house and look at this and um, my heart broke for her because you know she she just she felt you know, there's almost a dazed look in her eyes of, of like why me and and you know I don't have all those answers brother I don't but I do know this you know we put our arms around her we loved her we're gonna help her um, gut her house dry it out spray it for mold I pray we can come back in January and February and rebuild it all for free all for Jesus. Um, but, you know, I, she told me, Steve, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like me the other day. I'm worn out and I'm tired. My kids have questions. I don't have answers. Uh, she said, but I look out at your volunteers. And uh, she goes, I cry, not cries of, of, of sadness, but of tears of happiness. She goes, I have friends now that live in Illinois, in Ohio, in Pennsylvania. And, you know, she said, I hated it. It took a hurricane to make that happen but it did so Mm. um it is amazing how you know the south and all over the country when there's a disaster people rally around that cause and it's a perfect time brother bert it's interesting last night i asked i asked how many different denominations we had and we had you know it was amazing we had seven different denominations present last night for worship (laughs) that's the but we we had equally three different ethnic groups a hispanic group Black group, white group, young, old, you know. And they didn't
0: segregate. They just came together, right? Brother, and
1: you know what? And that's what fires me up. Amen. I love that. I love that the body of Christ, you know, we're such a segregated body on Sundays, and I hate that. And I don't have all the answers there either. But, boy, when you come on a mission, serve others. Um, man, we're one body, one Amen. body.
0: It reminds me of Samaritan's Purse in Operation Christmas yes. Child. I mean, it mm-hmm. cuts across every size church, uh, every denomination, and, and so does Eight Days of Hope. And each one of those, those ministries see such a desperate need, and they mm. want to bring about hope and aid. and mm-hmm. And that's what Eight Days of Hope does. And again, uh, we're we're talking to Steve Tiber. He's director of Eight Days of Hope, and here at AFR we partner with them. There, uh, that's what AFR does. We don't have that ministering arm, but we have the voice, and that voice is on the radio, and we make. We try to make the most of it with, with partners that we know that are biblically strong and they're effective in their ministry and they're, they're gracious and Eight Days of Hope is. And so if you want to contribute and help for the relief there and you, you felt impressed to do so, uh, you can go to AFR.net and follow the link there and, and you can aid and help those victims of the hurricane there in Houston and southern Texas coastal area, and be a part of it. And yes. we pray that you would. Start at least $25 or more. Don't limit it to that if God lays it on your heart. Um, Steve, as we we, as we talk about this, I, you was talking about the local church there in, in the Houston area that gave you a base of operations. One of the things I was wanting to know, how does that work with like the – the materials that is needed for for all of that the locals there have yeah. basically they've probably lost a lot of their uh, materials where do the materials come from in order to do all the rebuilding and helping that is done
1: yeah so when when we start rebuilding we'll, we'll ship those in by the truckload we'll set up a warehouse and, and 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 buy them you know we'll buy them locally but by the truckload we want to so back into the, to the area, you know, financially, because, you know, this is where we're going to be home. And, you know, right now, our, our home base, um, you know, Grace Church here in Houston, we're, um, they're, they're allowing us to sleep here. We have RVs, we're feeding people, we, we, op- we operate fully out of this campus. And And people think, well, you must be just serving their congregation. Yes, we're definitely helping their congregation. But when we go serve somebody, and we're on a street, we go door to door and we meet other people. And sometimes we just pray with them. Sometimes we bring them supplies. Sometimes uh, we gut their house. Um, we had to make a big decision last week, Bert, and this was a big one for us. We, you know, we had to make a decision on these dehumidifiers and fans. We had an opportunity the day after the storm to make a half a million dollar purchase and buy truckloads of dehumidifiers and fans. And I knew what was going to happen. If we said no, then... Um, we weren't going to have any drying equipment, so we would gut people's houses and just hope they could find a fan somewhere in the dehumidifier. And you can't find them anywhere right now in the state of Texas. So we we met with some of our partners and we just asked them. We didn't ask them for monies. We just said, hey, here's our situation. AFR was one of them. I met with the leadership team and said, guys, just I want to be candid with you. You know, I don't. We don't have a half a million sitting here to make this purchase. But I believe if we don't, we're going to gut a lot of people's houses. And and at the end of the day, if they don't get that equipment, their house is gonna be full of mold a week later. And so, you know, we prayed about it and and, um, got counsel and nobody told us not to do it. And so our partners in Eight Days of Hope, we decided to go ahead and, you know, step out in faith. And so, you know, I'm thankful that AFR, AFA, uh, you know, ran this three-day telethon to try to raise some money uh, to offset that and other costs. And um, the equipment's here. It's here. It's it's at the front lines. It's being used as we speak. It, you know, not only dried out this church, but we have probably two dozen homes, probably more by the end of the day, that we've already gutted when they're in there and they're drying out, so we can come back and spray it with, with mold um, mold preventive stuff. Um, so you know, right now is a perfect time. People don't realize you can volunteer with Eight Days of Hope. Go to our website eight 8daysofhope.com Click volunteer. You can come for two days. You can come for all in the next six weeks. Uh, We'll give you a safe place to sleep, a hot shower. Sometimes we laugh and we call it eight pounds of hope because we eat really good. Um, (laughs) But, man, you don't have to be skilled. This is a perfect opportunity. You know, I shared this story earlier about the hairdresser from Ohio. It's a perfect opportunity for somebody to come and just smile and love and, yeah, you'll you'll probably push a wheelbarrow a little bit, and you might sweat a little bit. We're going to give you a couple great-looking T-shirts. And when you go home, yeah, you might be a little worn out, but your your heart's going to be full because you're going to see Jesus move in so many ways. But, yeah, if you'd like to volunteer, 8daysofhope.com. Sometimes I, I remind our leaders, it's not always about the homeowners. We're here to bless people. And sometimes, um, you know, we were in Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, maybe I told you this already because I'm getting a little tough. 48 volunteers make a decision to become a Christ follower on a hey, mission strip amen. that they went on. Now, I know people scratch their head. They're like, What? You had 2,200 volunteers, 48 of them met Jesus <laughs> on a mission strip.
0: Amen. Well, Steve, you know, that's what how people's, people. People want to help. When we see tragedy, anybody whose heart has not hardened, they want to help. Those that are non-believers, they want to help because it's within right. what God has put them in their conscience. Sure. They recognize that, and and they're helping physically. But now, because of the faith that they have placed in the Lord Jesus Christ, not only are they helped, but they're helped, and now they're ready to help others. You remember yeah, that scripture? Yeah. It says, "Comfort those with comfort with the same comfort that you've been comforted with." And uh, so, that is a passage that. That just blesses my heart, even in difficult times. And when you say who can come, uh, I have pastored a lot of churches since I've not full time. I do what they call interim work or I supply for a while at a church while they're looking for a pastor or waiting on a pastor. And I have not gone to a church yet here in our area that somebody hasn't gone on the trip with Eight Days of Hope. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just
0: a, part of it's part yeah, it, of it's part of the culture around it, this area. You know,
1: it, it, it is. It is sometimes, you know, um, you know, 30,000 people have gone with us now um, from. 47 states and i think we're up to eight countries now on this last trip in lafayette louisiana we took 2200 volunteers uh to lafayette to help uh, from the flooding there and we rebuilt hundreds of homes and um you know our food bill was $82,000. i mean go figure right mm. um you know you eat that much but in louisiana you did gain eight pounds because they eat so good but um it's amazing we um i was on an airplane in new jersey a couple years ago and you know i was still in the corporate world and Man, I can't remember everybody, but some guy walks on the plane and he yells at the top of his lungs, eight days of hope. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm like ducking my head a little bit. I'm like, oh no, here we go. And and he was a fun guy and a loud and boisterous guy. But uh, we have friends everywhere and, you know, Northeast Mississippi, uh, Ohio, New York, oregon we've got 30 people coming to houston from california think about that (laughs) a week ago they had plans for the next couple months and it didn't include eight days of hope and on a moment's notice and they they volunteer with us a lot this church Uh, they're great partners um but they want to be a difference maker um and and not not for their glory not to be in the paper not to get an attaboy but they want to be a difference maker. Um, So, you know, I don't know about you, but as I age, I often think about my legacy. Um, Our legacy is believers. And so I want my kids to say, hey, you know what? Um, He wasn't perfect. And yeah, you know, I know every weakness he ever had. But one thing about my dad, he loved people.
0: Yep. Amen. Amen, Steve. Listen, that legacy is more important to them than the inheritance and uh, we need to make it that way. I want to do two things before we go, and I want to pray that God would just continue to bless and use and and just do great things there, and then we want to give the information again, why they need to give and how they can give. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for Steve. I thank you for his family. They're a ministering family. It's not just Steve. His dad was – was the one who came up with the idea first. And we thank you for families that, that go on mission trips. A lot of them are families that go to Eight Days of Hope, and we thank you for that. Individuals go, families go, couples go. We pray that you might minister to them there in the Houston, Texas area. Father, may you protect them. May they be a blessing to others. And as it was when 48 individuals were saved who went on the mission trip, I pray not only would the people who they're helping be born again, but I do pray, Father, that those that are going, they would get right with you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Steve, real quick, they can give, and it will make a difference, won't it?
1: Oh, amen, brother. It's it, The need is huge. Pray, pray, pray. Consider volunteering. If, if you can't volunteer, um, man, any gift would be appreciated.
0: And you can do that at AFR.net. Follow that link, Eight Days of Hope. And we would just appreciate you sharing in missions. That's what we do. We do missions across the street and around the world. And right now we can do missions at a devastated area. Thank you for being with us, Steve. Thank you for listening today on Exploring Missions here on the American Family Radio Network.